Hey, hey, everybody, this is Dan Trottencheck coming to you from my uh, personal Corona bunker here in Indianapolis uh, with this week's edition of the pep talk version of the Taking Care of Business podcast. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the discussion this week, and I, and I hope you do too. We, we, we talked with a friend of the association, uh, Dr. Rob Matthews. Uh, Rob is the executive director of the Entrepreneurial Leadership Institute with Ball State University. He also owns his own consulting business called Mind to Momentum. But what's really unique about Rob is is that he used to uh, his he comes from a family business in hardware. He owned his own home center for a while, and now he owns a garden center. So you know, you talk about a guy who uh, um, is is really tuned into the industry, but also is quite an expert on on leadership. And, and Rob's going to talk to us about you know how you manage leadership during a crisis. And, and not only do we talk to Rob about the finer points of kind of some of the tactics you can practice um, uh, from a leadership perspective, but he also gives us some really good insights from real world situations that he's gotten from kind of out in the field talking to retailers who are going through all this stuff and what they're doing to do things like relieve stress from their employees and make sure that they're they're taking care of themselves and their employees during these times. So it's a really in, interesting conversation from a really unique perspective that Rob gives us. So, so we hope you enjoy this one. Uh, sit back and take a listen. Welcome back, everybody, to uh, uh, this edition of the Pep Talk version of the Taking Care of Business podcast. I'm Dan Trottencheck. I uh, thank you for tuning in yet again, and and we hope we have some good advice coming your way today. Um, you, you know, <laughs> during critical situations, um, it, it, there's a lot of stuff going on, and and even in the day to day operation of of your business, I, I'm sure there are times when when you question. Hey, I, I know how to sell hardware and I know how to how to fix things and, and I know how to run the numbers, but am I a good leader? And in times of crisis, this question is probably more at the forefront of your mind than ever. Asking yourself, am I a good leader? Am I doing the right things? Am I making the right decisions? Am I rallying my troops, uh, as it were? Well, uh, our guest today is going to talk to us a little bit about what a good leader does or maybe should do during times of crisis. And, and, and he's an individual who has a lot of experience talking about that and, and also uh, kind of consulting with and advising uh, uh, retailers, but really people from across the business spectrum when it comes to leadership. Uh, our guest today is Ro uh, Dr. Rob Matthews, and, and uh, Rob is the executive director of the Entrepreneurial Leadership Institute at Ball State University, and he's also the owner of Mind to Momentum Consulting, and uh, also, you have uh, uh, some interesting ties to this industry uh, uh, of hardware and home improvement. Uh, Rob, welcome to the program, and thank you for being here. Uh, could, could you share a little bit with us about kind of what you do in your current role with your consulting company, and also give us some insight into you know, what your background was that led you here? Uh, sure. Thanks, Dan, for having me, first off. I uh, really appreciate the invite. And uh, my background in the industry is uh, I grew up in the grocery and hardware industries. Uh, I can remember as a, as a young kid running around uh, grocery stores and hardware stores and, and learning the trade at a, at a pretty young age. And that kind of followed me into high school and then college and then after college working in 
uh, my dad's home center, uh, both in Indiana. And then when they bought one and moved, bought their retirement uh, store, if you will, in Florida. And, and then uh, I had my own home center uh, for 11 years and sold that and uh, now have a garden center. So uh, a lot of uh, maybe school of hard knocks in the industry there. Well, and so it's it's interesting. Uh, you also, uh, amongst your many roles, you got about seven different jobs. It sounds like, but you're also a, a regular instructor with our retail management certification program and work within RHA, uh, kind of from a, a consulting position on as we develop our leadership uh, programs. And, and one of the reasons we 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 uh, tr- you know trust in you and work with you on these uh, issues is because you're probably one of the few individuals around that has your level of education on, on uh, adult learning and leadership, but also has a very practical foot planted and an understanding of what it's like to run a home center and a small family business and all that. So, so we certainly get a, a very unique and, and uh, detailed perspective when we talk to you. Um, so we, we certainly appreciate your insights and time. Um, may, maybe you could tell us a little bit about one of the things that I would imagine has to be critical during these kind of times from a leadership per, uh, perspective, whether you're talking about with customers or, or, or certainly with your employees, is communication. And, and that's something that we hear uh, again and again when we talk to retailers right now about best practices is keep those lines of communication open. What, what, what's your kind of impression on that? And, and how, do, how do you manage to do that right now? It, I would say it is number one in, yeah. in this, this, these issues we're talking about. It, it's so critical to, to communicate regularly, clearly, and with some level of, of energy and positivity. And if, you, if you've ever sat in any of our sessions, you, would, you know that not everybody has the same level of communication skills. So there can be a challenge. If that's not your forte, you're going to have to work around that. You're going to have to have someone help you communicate. So I think that's the first thing to point out. But the bottom line is it's a task that needs to happen. And some things that I think are critical to this situation, uh, communicating change. Yeah, We're going to do things differently and here's how and here's why. People want to know the why. That's really important. I think the other thing is, and, and this would vary per, per location, per company, but communicate uh, business longevity and paycheck security. So yeah. if, if you, your employees may make assumptions, and I think it's important to understand that in the absence of sound communication, people will make their own assumptions and build their own narrative and they'll share that. Yeah, there's so, a vacuum there and they'll naturally fill that vacuum. <clears throat> definitely. And and it's usually not very positive and not very uh, ingratiating to the, to the company, the organization, the leadership, the owners, uh, but clearly communicate policies, procedures, uh, show genuine care for the staff. And I, and I think this is something that... If you go back decades, the old retail adage was what? Customer is always right. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the truth is, it's it's just a fallacy. It's it's not um, accurate. You you need to th- show your employees you're thinking about them and you're caring for them first. 
And that that big issue there is safety. Are, do they have the, the supplies they need to do their job right? Are, is there hand sanitizer at, at the counter? Uh, if not, is there some kind of temporary sink to wash their hands? Is there a sneeze guard? These all send the message that we care about you. We care about your safety. I think another big thing is talk to them individually. Uh, ask them what their personal needs are. Do you have a family situation because of this uh, pandemic that's happened that you have a specific need? Maybe it's a specific time of day. Uh, maybe it's a specific day. Maybe it's blocks of time. Just get their honest input of how, how they, you can best help them navigate this as a team member. Uh, also solicit their ideas. Yeah. Ask them what they think the company could do right. Where could things go wrong? I think those are all important steps. Um, and remember your attitude transfers. When, sure. you, when you get flustered, when you show attitude, and, and we're not perfect, so we're going to mess up some. I think then the key becomes apologize sincerely and, and you know, show that you, you, met, you made a mistake. But, and then finally, I want to say acknowledge and appreciate. It's so important, especially when people are tired, they're stressed out, they're worried. Um, they're, they're inevitably watching the news like the rest of us. Just show them that, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, what you, the work you do matters. It's making an impact on uh, not only our business, but the community and you, the, the people in the community that you know, your friends. So I think those are all kind of key communication things. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I think sometimes when people think about crisis communications from a leadership standpoint, they get this vision that they've seen in movies of, of you know, the whether it's an army guy or someone else who's just barking orders and it's like, you do this, you do this, you do this, without any time for explanation or feedback. And that's probably from what I'm hearing from you, the dead wrong thing to do is you should say, we're changing this. And let me explain to you real quickly why we're, we're going to do it this way. Cause you know, does everybody, you know, everybody think that, you know, on board with that and understand why we're doing it. Okay, let's do it. So it might take, instead of being, instead of being abrupt and short and, and direct and don't ask questions, we don't have time for questions or whatever you're saying that, that maybe you should take a pause and, and take that extra minute that it takes to kind of explain things. Yeah. And not only that, ask questions up front to solicit their ideas, their input, their, their facts, how they see the situation. You know, you've been through some of our creative problem solving sessions. So yeah. do some fact finding, find out what's important to them, what their person, they see, they see things from a very different perspective than you do. Uh, yeah. They may see the customer more. They may see the traffic patterns more. Some of the, I, I solicited uh, store owners uh, from NRHA, store owners, managers uh -huh. from the uh, RMCP and, and Foundations of Leadership programs. I, I just solicited their thoughts on this, knowing that I was going to come on. And, and they said, they know best. Like they gave us great ideas on checkout queue, uh, store flow, like, you know, having arrows on the floor to yeah. dip flow to you to maximize distancing, things like that. Uh, so I think it's, it's critical. 
that you solicit their ideas first. Command and control doesn't really work, especially in today's culture anyway. Yeah. Is there a time when you have to make a decision right now? Yes. And I think that's where you show, you put the employee above the customer. Uh, you show that, hey, I'm, I'm not going to trash on you just because the customer wants something or is demanding something, yeah. especially if it's going to affect your safety um, or, or just a right or wrong issue. So, and all, honestly, all of these issues, we have a great opportunity here because these are things that as leaders, these are things that good leaders do anyway. So it helps us. If you want to look at the positive side of this, I think this COVID situation really helps us identify maybe some holes in our style, in our procedures and the way we do things um, that we could do a little bit better and everybody can improve. It's, it's, believe me, I'm, I, I'll put myself at the top of the list. So. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like the old saying, and I wish I had the recall to remember who it's from, but the concept that, you know, crisis doesn't create character, it reveals it. And, and, and it's kind of the same with leadership is that, is that this is the time when, when even as you look at the people that are reporting to you, you'll be able to see, Hey, this, this guy or this lady has really showed me that, man, that they, when all this went down, we saw that leadership kind of come out in them and, and, and it helps, I can imagine as we move forward, will help you understand maybe who that next generation of leaders in your operation can be. And it might not be who you expect. Definitely. And, and not only that, I think that's key. You're right. The, the kind of the cream bubbles to the crop, but also, or to the top, but I think it also, you could see growth in people. You know, maybe maybe the first week of this thing, they they were really frazzled and they yeah. were handling it well. Um, you know, we don't want to just cast them off in the corner. That was just their way of dealing with it, and and so a new experience for everybody, honestly. But but did, did you see growth? Did you see them step up and and really assume a leadership role over time? And remembering that leadership isn't a you know a, a positional thing always. Uh, I think that's critical. Well, it, you know, I want to touch on a couple of things we've talked about here and, and state a couple of kind of facts that are happening is you have, in many cases, you have people that are uh, retailers that are, have shortened their hours um, and they are working with fewer people right now because there's some that have had to be quarantined or, or because of their compromised positions can't work or they have kids at home or whatever it is. and in that shorter hours and with fewer people, you're operating under circumstances that you've never operated under these conditions before, and it's been really high volume. So what you've created is a perfect kind of retail pressure cooker. So what do you do as a leader to try and say, hey, I understand that we're unusual circumstances and it's putting a lot of pressure on everyone. How do you kind of, as a leader, take that edge off? What do you do to kind of, uh, kind of say, I hear you. I see what's going on, and I want to make sure that 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 we kind of uh, can diffuse some of that uh, pressure. Yeah, I and I'll say I really everything everything <clears throat> largely that I came up with here came straight from the front lines of the people yeah. that are doing this every day, and and some of the things we're trying to do in our garden center. Although we we came in on kind of what I would call I don't know if it's a tail end, who knows? But I feel like 
gosh, people came before us. We didn't, we didn't open till May 1st. So, uh, but some of the things I've seen and, and I'll tell you, I'm, I am really proud of this industry. Oh, definitely. Um, I know you all have done some very informal research uh, through yeah. the co-ops and distributors on illnesses within the stores and, and deaths. And I know it, it's, it's almost, it's borderline zero. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's such a low percentage and I think they've done a great job at a time when they're so busy. They, they, you know, the, everyone's up, their numbers are up, they're busy. It's cranking, even with, like you said, uh, less operating hours. So I, I'm really proud of the industry. I think it's amazing what uh, uh, you all listening out there have done. I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable. So I, I, I say all this with a, a lot of gratitude and respect. But some of the things I'm hearing um, to take the edge off, uh, one is close public restrooms so that the employees, and this is a, obviously you have to meet right. local guidelines and, and things like that, but um, close the public restrooms so that your employees feel like they have a, you know, a little safer environment to go to less public uh, uh, use. Um, Properly equip your employees, obviously give them the tools. And, and, you know, in the beginning we thought that was going to be really hard with masks and, but the supply chain proved to hold up very well on all of that for the most part. So there were some challenges, but, uh, have cleaning procedures, um, between customers hourly. I've, I've heard some great stories about how, you know, a person's responsible for these things. Um, sneeze guards, Interesting story about sneeze guards that I got from uh, up in no Nova Scotia, Victoria and Jeanette. They, uh, you know, sneeze guards in and of themselves, there's an edge right there, right? I mean, it's, it's like it's in your face. It's, it reminds you that this thing is happening, right? And so what they did <clears throat> is they have a couple of artistic uh, ladies in their paint department, and they said, let's try to do something to take the edge off these sneeze guards. So what they did is they, they each checkout and the paint counter and the service counter was themed and they put decals or they taped things to the sneeze guard to theme them. So one was a jail cell. One was a Tim Hortons drive through, which, you know, for you Americans, Tim Hortons is a big uh, uh, restaurant chain in, in uh, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there was only Tim Hortons, Canada would have plenty of restaurants. Yeah. So, um, uh, zoo, um, a photo booth, like with a celebrity, <clears throat> they also had one that was like a mugshot photo booth. Yeah. So they did fun things to take the edge off a little bit. Um, well, that's that important because it, it, it can't all just be doom and gloom all the time. What a fun way, you know, again, without, without minimizing the severity of the situation, it doesn't mean you can't be lighthearted about it and get it, you know, and just say, hey, let's break free from all this, all this uh, depressing news with a little bit of lightheartedness. Yeah. Um, another one that I, I heard was uh, a lot of competitions. Um, okay. Franklin uh, Cloninger from down in South Carolina, he, they, they do a lot of competitions with costumes, 
um, with the masks even they've gotten creative and had competitions. They've had dance offs. They've had singing <laughs> competitions. Awesome. So they're trying to keep it light. I, I think, and you know, I think that's like the stuff I would be terrible at because I am just a, <laughs> I'm a grinder. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a worker bee type leader. And so I've learned a lot from them on that regard. Uh, social media, post these things to social media when you do these competitions. Get the, the customers to see that these your employees are human. They have families too. They have they want to have fun too. They have a life to go back home to every night. Um, that they're real people. I think that's really important. Um, one thing that Grant Stutzman out in Oregon said, and I and I here's another one I have to admit I really didn't think about, but he said, yes, take the edge off, deescalate. But he said, also allow your employees to vent. Yeah. Yeah. And give them opportunities. If you see stress in their eyes as a manager or an owner, say, Hey, you look stressed. Go, go to the back room and vent, throw something if you need to you know, punch something if you need to. I mean, I, I say that tongue in cheek, obviously, but, <laughs> yeah. but go vent, get, get a, get a breather. Uh, I'll take care of your, I'll, I'll take care of your station here, whatever, whatever you're doing. Um, and I thought that was some really good advice uh, from well, Greg. And when you remember the concept of why, why you even call it venting is you're letting off something. So something worse doesn't happen. You know, you're saying, you know, it's a steam engine and it's the steam's building up. You got to vent it so it doesn't blow the engine up. And, and that's a real important point right now. Everybody's running, uh, you know, hard and, and, and lean in a lot of situations. So the ability just to talk to a manager or at the end of the day, bring a few employees together and say, Hey, yeah, I understand today was a really tough day. Let's talk about it. You, you know, and, and if nothing else showing that you hear them, that's, that's a great yeah. suggestion. Yeah. yeah. And, and that you care. And, <clears throat> as we talked about earlier, two other things to kind of take the edge off. Uh, one is almost to a T every store is providing food right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this provides, there's a few opportunities in this. It's a little more than just meets the eye. I think it's, it, it, it keeps them there. So they're, they're not in the public as much. Yeah. Um, you can kind of control the environment. Uh, there's a little community factor there. Um, they can have some say in, in what you're eating, but it, here's another little piece to this. It also supports other local businesses. Oh yeah. And it supports their friends that own and work in those businesses. So I think, I think there are lots of win-wins there and providing food for your staff. I've also seen hazard pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, again, um, acknowledging and appreciate what people do, you know, giving them gift cards to, to show that, hey, you, you went above and beyond in that situation. Uh, and, and we really appreciate it. The yeah, last thing I would say. With- uh, real quick, I was going to add in here kind of an interesting combination is, is I, I had heard from a retailer. Um, and since then, more people have kind of latched onto this idea that took those two things and kind of combined it. And one, what they did was at the end of the day, they would give their employees meals for their whole family. They would give them meals for four 
so they could take those meals home. And again, they patronize local businesses and they would either give them a gift card that was good for a meal for four, or they worked out a special deal so they would have these, so they could say, you know what? Wow, now I don't have to worry about working all day, going home and trying to fix dinner for everybody. I've got this meal to take home. So it just, that came to mind when you were talking about that as, as a really creative way to combine incentive, but also with that patronizing local uh, businesses. So yeah. anyway, but, I'm, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because I did hear that. I, I heard from uh, owners who said, hey, I didn't get enough pizzas for the team. I got one pizza or two pizzas for every team member so they right. could take it home. Yeah. I got, um, you know, a family style meal that the team member could eat their part and then throw it in the fridge and take the rest home uh, to the family. So I, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's, it's a simple thing. It doesn't really in the grand scheme of things cost that much. Yeah. I think everybody, yeah, are is hazard pay bonuses. Are those important? Sure. But I think it's one piece of the puzzle. And I think we overemphasize pay sometimes. Um, the, the little things a lot of times carry a lot of weight in showing genuine care. And, and by the way, when you get some a food that you know that person loves, <laughs> yeah. they, they have recognized that, oh, he's paying attention to me. She's paying attention to me and what I like and what's important to me. Or, hey, I know your kids love. Yeah. Chicken barbecue pizza. You told me one time two years ago and I remembered it. And so that's what they got. It's coming home to you. Yeah. So the last thing I would say with this edge issue is systems and processes, instituting systems and processes, again, that they've had input on as much as possible um, that can help reduce chaos. Because I think where people get flustered and I've seen it over the years, just in my retail businesses and my dad's is when there's chaos, your employees get frustrated. They feel like they don't matter. They feel like they don't have a say. And, and that's where you things escalate and you can have real problems. I also think if you have clear standards for the, the customers, not just right now, but, ongoing, um, then the employees say, all right, I, there's a standard because let's face it, today's consumer is demanding. Yeah. And, and I think it's hard on employees Yeah, and I think it's, it's hard on managers. It's hard on owners and you have to find a balance of meeting those demands while also treating your employees with dignity and respect. And I'm not saying it's easy, but, but I think this is exposed in this time of how do you take care of your employees by having systems in place like checkout queue and traffic flow and, and uh, pickup procedures and uh, ordering procedures and uh, split shifts, like you mentioned, uh, reduced hours, closing on Sundays, things that help the employees, but maybe a little bit of a detriment to the customer in the short run, it just shows that you care and it reduces that stress level and chaos. Well, and, and don't you think, I mean, I think a lot of times retailers, again, I mean, so many of us, when you look at the demographics of retailers right now, um, skew older, certainly over 50, um, many, quite honestly, right now, if you took the average, it'd probably be in the, in the, in the low sixties. 
Um, but we're raised in that the customer's always right. And, and, and we've really stretched those boundaries now because, um, you know, I mean, then you layer on top of that the additional stress from what we're going through right now. Um, but, you know, something that you just said that really struck me is this concept of, of, you know, at some point you have to draw the line and say, I don't allow my employees to be treated this way. Or, or even in less, you know, that, that's in a, in a confrontational situation, but even in other situations, just saying, listen, this might be the right thing for the customer that we're going to open at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning, but that's not the right thing for our employees. So we're not going to do that. And, and, and I think that does go a long way, um, you know, because it, employees certainly want to be able to maintain a work-life balance and the better they're able to do that, the more they're going to like working there, which kind of maybe leads into this other topic that you and I wanted to get into, which is this concept of, man, sometimes you're running and gunning so hard right now that you forget about, I got to take care of myself mentally, physically. Uh, the employees have those same needs. I can't just, you know, keep, keep uh, driving the wagon as hard as it'll go. I, I got to at some point say, we got to make sure we're taking care of ourselves. What, what, how, how, can you, how can you maintain that kind of balance when you're in this intense situation? Yeah. And I, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not a feeler. <laughs> yeah. so I don't feel a whole lot. So again, not a talent area for me. So I, I really had to learn from others and uh, Robin Smith down in Southern Indiana, Petersburg hardware. She, she said, uh, I've found it really helpful to just call other managers, store owners and just vent vent. Um, that, and, and to learn that, oh, they're going through the same thing I am. I'm not isolated. Um, that goes a lot. Venting, I do know uh, from personal experience, though, that venting does go a long way. And you need yeah. some trusted friends and confidants that you can do that with. If you don't, you, we both know what's going to happen. It's going to be the blow up at the most inopportune time. And, um, and sometimes it's not even... I've seen this happen in, in my own professional life, but, but certainly heard it through retailers is a lot of times all that pressure builds up and you'll blow up at, at, at the cashier or something. And it's not even something, maybe they've done th something so small, but it's just that trigger that, that blows up yeah. for you. And then you've got another situation on your hands where you're like, Oh, I, I didn't mean to create this situation. So it, it yeah. has, it has a tendency to just spread and mushroom like that. Right. Definitely. And so this, this idea of venting, just getting it out, um, there, there is something to be said for if you complain too much and you vent too much, it's, it, there's cortisol release and, and it, it actually hurts your creativity and your ability to strategically think through problems and to problem solve. But if you do it periodically, like maybe once a day for 10 minutes, it really, you get that out you know, and it's a minimal cortisol release. It's, but you, you get it out and it doesn't hang on um, and build up. So I think that's critical. I think the other side of it is take the pressure off in these phone calls and, and Zooms, whatever you do with your friends in the industry and, and, and a little bit out of the industry too. You know, call the local restaurant owner and see how they're handling things. Um, maybe, here's a big one, share ideas. Remember that you don't have to have all of the ideas. I think as leaders, we, we get this 
idea in our head that we have to have all the solutions. When in reality, we just have to put them together. We need to fact find from other people and, and we'll, we'll have some inputs. We'll have some of our own ideas, but we, good leaders put ideas together and make sense of them and strategize. And, and so I think that that's, that's a real key is don't take the pressure off of yourself to come up with, you don't have to come up with every solution, every idea. And, and I know a lot of, uh, the RMCP groups, the foundations of leadership groups, they, they, they're in touch with each other a lot. I think it's one of the great benefits of those programs is the, is the community and the networks that are built, not only the, the knowledge and experience that's gained, but they, they are able to share ideas back and forth and they've been doing it throughout this process and they've all benefited greatly from it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, another benefit is to is to be able to understand, like you said, that, that you're not in this alone. And sometimes this this concept of a little bit of empathy that comes out of it, you know, early on, someone had said to me about like, you know, I look at some of the other businesses in my community that haven't been able to be open. And, and, and as you suggested, if you talk to your friends that run the hair salon or, or that run the restaurant and you think, you know, a lot of the things that I feel bad because a lot of the things I'm getting angry about are customer issues and so on. These other guys don't have customers. They don't have income right now. So maybe it helps you kind of put into perspective a little bit about your problems of saying, man, my problem right now is I'm too busy. Well, the guy that runs the restaurant or the hair salon would love to have that problem right now. So maybe that kind of networking helps you keep those things into perspective. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, I would say this hit me on two fronts in the last week or two. Um, my neighbor owns a hair salon and we we're out in the yard talking and, and I said, yeah, we were able to open our garden center last Friday and because the governor of Indiana had made an exemption for at that time for garden centers. And it, 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 I was almost borderline embarrassed. It hit me. He said, yeah, I I've had no income for seven weeks. I'm, yeah. I I'm struggling yeah. and, you know, I'm still paying rent and, and I, my heart kind of sank and I thought, Ooh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little more blessed than I realize. And, <laughs> and, um, but it was really interesting to hear that. Um, so it, yeah, people definitely have, uh, there are different circumstances for everybody, uh, in this. Yeah. And it's also, you know, I always try and keep it into perspective too, is that, uh, you know, we're sitting here talking about how to run your business and how to make sure your employees are engaged. And there are people out there that are working at hospitals that are literally fighting to keep people alive. So it's all a matter of perspective. And, and some of those people don't have the opportunity to say, oh, hey, I'm going to go ahead and close up at four o'clock today. It, you know, they, they've got to keep working. And then beyond that, there's the people that are dealing with this terrible, you know, illness. So, so it's all a matter of perspective. Rob, I, I really appreciate your time here today and, and your insights. Could you tell us a little bit, um, you know, about the work you do and if someone's interested in, in working with you or getting some consulting services, kind of what, what would they need to do? Yeah. One, one quick little story too, cause I just oh, yeah. thought of it on the empathy side of things yeah, yeah. is 
the other thing was we we had gotten a takeout two takeout orders like one per week for two weeks from this local restaurant we like and they they made uh, not so little mistakes and and my first reaction as a consumer was oh come on man and and there is a fine line right between professionalism and doing things right and crisp and being a professional business and having some some empathy and some understanding but it was one of those moments where you think okay there's a good lesson as a business owner and a leader here in that people are going to make mistakes especially when there are circumstances and i love what you said about it's a matter of perspective because that's really what we do uh our institute um our our consulting um, the executive education we do out of Ball State, we, we really help people pursue opportunity and problem solve by learning their unique perspective. So we use a lot of assessment tools. We help people kind of find what's their unique style. How do they come about things? How do they do things? How do they naturally think, feel, and behave? Uh, so we really help with talent management and everybody's different. Everybody does things differently. And so that's really what we do. Um, but, but it's, we help teams, we help companies, we help industries, we help individuals really work through opportunity through a, a talent and perspective lens. That's fantastic. Uh, again, Rob, thank I, I mean, we could go on talking for quite a bit here. I know we, we can certainly swap those retail stories. Um, Thank you for being on with uh, us today, and we'll make sure we list your contact information. So if people want to get in touch with you and talk more about this, they can. Um, and good luck with the with the garden center. I, I, you know, I, I know here in Indiana this weekend. Uh, you and I talked earlier. We're expecting some frost, if not some snow. So I mean, uh, crazy things continue to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's been going very well. People are ready to get out and plant some flowers, no doubt about it. But it's it the, the the overnight low is 27 tonight, and it's going to be around freezing for like eight hours. So we are uh, we're in scramble mode here this afternoon to work on this. But uh, again, I really appreciate your time and 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 bring and, and having me on. Uh, and I'm really proud of the industry. You all have handled this so admirably, and 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 you're shining right now. It's really cool to see. Yeah, thank you so much, Rob. And, and I look forward to having you back on the show, maybe down in the future where we can talk more about leadership, maybe when it's not so tied to, to this kind of event. I appreciate your time and, and best of luck to you, Rob. You too. Thanks. Thanks.